All right, guys, here we go. Huge episode, lots of news, lots of shows you need to be watching. We break down Aliens. We play a great game, Castaway, and we end with some WandaVision with our thoughts on what could happen next. Here we go, Nordy's Podcast. And here we go, Nordy's Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How are you guys doing? Doing pretty well, man. I'm doing very, very well. And you? I am doing great. And that is because I'm about to podcast with you guys, the Nordy's Podcast. Your guys' best friends are here to improve your week. We are hanging out with you wherever you are, in your car, on the treadmill, cleaning your house, in the shower. I don't know what you do when you podcast, but hopefully you're doing it to the Nordy's Podcast. Keep up, keep up. Make sure you get in the shower, man. (laughs) Get the back of your knees. Get the back of your knees. You never know. Like, when's the last time you did that? All right, guys. So, a couple things here. We need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordeast Podcast. Also, subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcast from and get the Nordeast Podcast directly to your phone or your device. Also, give us that five star review. We have earned it. 21 Nordeast Podcast coming to you free all year long, each and every week. Hopefully, you guys enjoy it. And please, as always, spread the word about the podcast to friends and family. And not only By the that, way, let's 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 remember Rotten Tomatoes pimp slapped Jimmy Channels right out of his chair and said, yep. You ain't got those two hundred reviews, son. Don't come at us with that weak shit. So we need those said, reviews on iTunes. So do us a favor. We we're bringing you 2021 for free. For free again. We're not charging anything. So just just go over, just trickle over there, yep. give us a quick little five star, and we'll be they on our way. They said to me, they go, Jimmy, we know you're the best. We know who you are. Mm-hmm. We respect game, respect game. But we cannot treat you unfairly just because you have the best takes ever. Mm-hmm. We have to wait until you get to 200 reviews. So our um, hands are tied. Let's get those going. Pump yeah. them up. Those are rookie numbers. You got to pump those numbers up. They're a site of principle. So. We need your guys' help Help spread the word and uh, take a moment out of your day and give us that five-star review. We would greatly appreciate it. So, guys, lots to do. But before we dive into this, what are you guys drinking during this episode? I'm drinking a real smooth number by our friends at Falling Knife. This is Crushed Velvet. Ooh, Ooh. look at that can. 70s style with the purple and the black. Uh, vanilla stout, and it's super, super good. All right, I am drinking... Dangerous man's better than double stout, based on better than sex cake. It is uh, contains lactose. It is a absolutely huge stout, and I wish that you guys were here because as delicious as this is, a crowler to myself is going to be a, a lot. Yeah, is it better than sex? Um, yes. <laughs> wow. So then it's definitely better than sex cake. Better than sex cake. That's what I meant. Wow. That's impressive. Thank you, dangerous man. Uh, delicious. Ryan, what do you got? Thanks. Um, again, I'm going back to the uh, Surly Mix Pack. This is Get Loud. I don't, I don't know. I don't understand it, but don't care. Um, it's a hazy wheat IPA that is described as, get, buckle up, fruity, Hazy and thunderous. Oh wow! 
It's certainly so even thunderous, trying anymore. Thunderous is a new tasting note that we'll have to make sure all of our uh, beer snobs get in on their reviews. Uh, sorry, Surly. Not quite thunderous enough for me. Uh, I'm going to give it a three and a half. All right, guys. Here we go. We're going to move on. But before we dive into our Do We Care segment, we want to thank those of you who participated in our first ever Charity Royal Rumble. We raised $300 to a charity that supports uh, veterans struggling with mental health and um, preventing veteran suicide. Our winner was friend of the pod, Scott Wilkie. He drew the number one pick, and his guy, Edge, went one till the end and won the whole thing. So thanks to all of you guys who participated for a great cause. And our next one we're thinking about is maybe, just maybe, March Madness, 68 team. Eric's favorite sporting event of all time. I think we should do the 64. I don't don't think we should do the the play-in teams. But I think it would be fun to tell that to a charity. Who, tell that to a charity who doesn't want to have an extra forty bucks. I'll donate the extra forty dollars so people don't have to to watch on <laughs> Tuesday night. Okay, fair enough. Um, um, I love that idea. Hey, one one kind of cool announcement is that we did a little newspaper article. We have a friend of the podcast, Liz Jensen, who is a talented journalist. She writes for the Northeaster, which is like. If you live in Northeast or in a, it's actually kind of a big area. Um, it's the paper that you get, the free paper that pops up. You know, they throw it up on your deck. So they did an article. They interviewed us. We answered some questions. We sent them some photos. And I guess the the tenth, uh, February tenth, that will show up on your door. So look for us in there and say hi. It's going to be in the physical paper and the, the physical paper and online. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Nice. Good for good. Hey, listen. Good for us, guys. We're finally. This is it. Sorry, we hit that. the big time. Phew, right to the top. As <laughs> <laughs> a kid, biggest star in the world. <laughs> All right, guys. Here we go. Do we care? We're gonna start with uh, one of the big trailers and one of the big shows on its way, and that is Disney Plus's Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We got our first look at it at the Super Bowl. They dropped another trailer. What do you think of the trailer? And uh, are you excited about the show coming out in March? So my, okay. my, initial re- my initial reaction to it was, yes, I'm excited about it. I think they cut an extremely good trailer. Um, I thought the, the sort of the, uh, the playing off of Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan, sort of like uh, Jimmy Kimmel and Matt Damon do on the we, we hate each other, but we know uh, we're fighting for the right side. I don't know. I, I I guess I, I didn't really understand where that came from, uh, but I kind of like the tension uh, between them. And this is for the full trailer. The Super Bowl trailer we got was pared down, but the, the real trailer online is good. Um, my only concern is that that they pulled all of the the best dialogue and funniest moments of the first couple episodes and that the rest is just going to be kind of like silly or rigid. Um, Anthony Mackie is is not the strongest acting character uh, of the Marvel bunch. Um, Sebastian Stan is okay. Um, so I, I, I hope their on-screen dynamic reflects what the trailer portrayed, because if yeah. that's what it's going to be like, I'm very excited. Um, if those were the best moments that they just put in the trailer to get us hyped, then I think it's going to be a little bit disappointing. But overall, I think I'm very hyped for the show. It seems like they did the impossible, that they may have just possibly given these characters a personality 
Mm-hmm. Especially Ooh. Winter Soldier. What a dud he has been throughout the whole thing. I don't know if Sebastian Stan can act or not. Uh, I guess we'll see. But it's like, you know, the way they're delivering these lines, it's very fun. It's quippy. It seems very Marvel, um, like MCU. So I'm into it. I mean, besides this, like, the fact that there were some big action shots, you're like, all right, they put some budget in here. You know, there's going to be probably a good action sequence every episode or, or pretty close. So, I mean, I'm definitely into it. And this has me more hype than ever. Here's all I'm going to say, guys. In Disney Plus, I trust. They've put up two big premiere shows in their universes, Mandalorian and WandaVision, and they have been fantastic. And Mm -hmm. so I have no doubts that this show will be great, and I am fully expecting it to um, make me feel the way I feel about these first Disney Plus shows, which is like I go on YouTube now, and that's – I only bring this up because I am not a YouTuber, okay? I don't spend any time going on YouTube in my life, except for the fact that these Disney Plus shows are so full of Easter eggs that I have to go on and watch a video of them explaining to me the Easter eggs. That's how much I like these shows right now. They're so good. There's so much fan service, but they're also setting up and connecting dots and telling stories that we've all wanted to get. And so I think they are amazing. And I know that they will follow up uh, WandaVision with another great show. Do we care? No reason to think they won't. We absolutely care. All right, sticking with Disney Plus and Marvel, we found out Ryan Coogler is making a Disney Plus show about Wakanda. Does this excite you guys at all? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah this is big news. Um, well, I mean, when you look back, back at the Black Panther movie, I think some of the coolest stuff was just getting into the world of Wakanda. We hadn't re- we hadn't seen it. Um, and you go in there and it's, it's you know, this high tech with this cool traditional African vibe. Um, there's going to be a lot of great stories to tell in there. I don't know, you know, if it's going to feature any, like, characters we've heard of. Maybe Shuri shows up, but she's not probably going to be one of the main characters. It's probably going to be more like a side, um, you know, maybe they're in the military. I don't, I don't really know. We don't know much about it, but they're going to create new characters for this. I do know that. Yeah. And I think it's, I think, you know, uh, what you were talking about, like just being inside, like we've been to Asgard three times, you know, we've obviously been to earth. We've been in Spider-Man's world for three movies, you know, since the, or or two. Um, But either way, we've explored all these different worlds almost multiple times. Uh, We know Black Panther two was coming, but I think the show itself will be more important for showcasing Wakanda at its roots. And Mm -hmm. maybe there's going to be some backstory stuff. Maybe there's going to be some forward story stuff. I think that the the possibilities are endless for this. And I think I'm more excited about the TV show than I am for Black Panther 2. Ooh, that's a good take. I, 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 I like that. I mean, I'm really, really curious about Black Panther 2. But as far as what I will probably be more into, it, it probably could be, you know, it could be the show. I agree. I have a lot. I think, I, I think it's just going to be, sorry, real quick, Eric. I think it's just going to be more intimate. Like, I think you're going to get a more intricate look at Wakanda and the way things work and why they do things the way that they do, which in a movie that's, you know, two hours and it needs to have four action set pieces, you don't really get that. You know, it just kind of has to like move the story along. And I think when you get to tell 
um, an eight-episode, 45 minutes a piece, you get a little bit deeper dive into the world that is Wakanda. You know, you know what this could be? This could be a Lupita Nuango vehicle because mm-hmm. she is in charge of outreach, which is a new thing for Wakanda, right? I mean, like, you know, their technology is now public, right? It's the world knowledge. And she's a spy, and she can fight a little bit. So I could imagine Lupita carrying this thing. Could be kind of cool, like a diplomatic spy missions and shit. I know we've talked about this a lot, but uh, Michael B. Jordan really wants back in. I want him back in. I want him back in, too. He keeps asking for it. He keeps saying, if there's a way, I would love to come back. I really want to be back in the franchise. And, you know, I thought it was a mistake when they killed him the first time. Like, mm-hmm. why Why couldn't he have hit, played a Bucky role? Right. You know, so. Right, of like, they, they defeated him, but he ran away kind of thing. You got away, but, and like, he's, you know, there's a good person in there, and how are we going to get him back? Like, how do we, like, how do we not have that? Well, that's I what I was texting you guys about. It was a I think pretty big moment if, when he died. It was pretty cool. I think yeah. if there if the, if there was a way to bring him back, then the TV show is the way to do that. I don't mm. think he's coming back for the movie, but I think the TV show you could absolutely do like a, a a prequel coming of age, like how he became the way he was and all that stuff. And I think that would be awesome to see. But I remember a couple of weeks ago we said that we were fine if they just stopped the movie and Kevin Feige <laughs> just said, "Hey guys, we didn't expect him to die." Um, we're really sorry. Will you just pretend that Michael B. Jordan is mm-hmm. actually Black Panther? We'd really appreciate it. And we really want to tell you a cool story. Thanks everyone. And then we'd all clap in the theater and then it would just start. And then he would just be T'Challa. And then we would just all collectively pretend we didn't skip a beat. I would love that. And I would be okay with that. <laughs> I would, they don't have to give me some weird story. They just need to tell me what to believe. And I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. All right, moving over to uh, HBO and HBO Max and DC, um, Justice League officially getting the R rating. This is the um, Zack Snyder cut of it that's coming out in March, officially rated four, R. Four hours and 92 minutes long, Yeah, I'm sure. And we're we're I don't everything. know who told us to care about this. Why do we care? Um, I think it's going to be bad. Yeah. <laughs> the first oh, I do really bad. He was like, all right, so you remember the first movie? Remember how it sucked and you guys all hated it? I did a longer version. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the first one's already three hours and, and ten minutes long. I think it's going to be bad. I am for sure watching it like the day it comes up. Yeah, well, we also got I, I'm sure I will too. Um, we also got it's, a- you know, it's R-rated, which I think is interesting. I don't know. if it's. I bet it's not going to be like very R-rated. I think that they're just doing that to, to get more buzz about it. They probably could have made it PG-13 just about as easily. Yeah. Um, We got our first peek kind of sort of at the Joker. You see a Joker card and you see him in the background. It's Jared Leto again. This time he's doing his best Heath Ledger impression. Yeah, you can't see much, but he's got the long hair now. Almost like, uh, I don't know, I guess Heath Ledger or Joaquin Phoenix. um, Somewhere in there. I really um, decided that he was a bad actor when I saw him play the Joker. He's not a good actor. No. I think he takes himself so seriously. He wants to be a great actor. I think he will never win a major acting award. And that's all he cares about. I I think he's like a bad actor. Right. When I saw him play the Joker, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is just a parody of the Joker. 
Yeah. Um, do we care about this at all? I, I do. I shouldn't. I know. I shouldn't, but I do. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm at, I'm at we know we already have the service, so we're going to watch it. That's why I think we care more than we would. If this was going to be on, like, it's going to be something you have to pay $20 for, we probably wouldn't even be talking about it because none correct. of us would do it. That's All right. Correct. Something we really care about coming out on Netflix, the final season drops in August of this year. That's Money Heist, season five, the final season. I can't wait for the professor and company to give us uh, the final episode. Don't, Don't care. care. <laughs> I couldn't stick with it. I tried. I tried and tried, man. I watched six episodes and then quit and then three episodes and then quit and then three more episodes and then quit. And now I quit, quit. I'm done. If you don't watch it. That's totally fine because it is quite cheesy. And if it's not the kind of show that like, you're like, no, 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 stick with it. It's going to get better. It's kind of like, if you don't like what they're doing, you're not going to like what they're doing. <laughs> Does it get better though? No, man, not really. If you, if you didn't like the first season, I mean, maybe it gets better because you know more of the story, but like, it's pretty much they're sticking with the same thing that's working for them. All right, a couple yeah. other things. We got other uh, stuff coming out. The Nevers trailer dropped. What the hell is The Nevers and why should people care? Okay, so The Nevers is a kind of a wild, crazy, I want to say like 18th century X-Men. If you yeah. want to phrase oh, it that way, it's, it's kind of strange. It's like a period piece X-Men. Um, but it's really like X-Women because... Uh, all the people with like cool supernatural powers are so like, if you want to picture like the Salem witch trials and everyone is like, Oh, she's a witch, but they're like, actually have like incredible powers to do shit. Like, uh, you know, move people and, and throw like crazy, like weird, like lightning bolts and shit like that. Um, <laughs> instead of like just burning people because they have like a mental illness. Um, or they and, did math. Yeah, or they were like smart, intelligent women, and the husband was like, "I, I need to get out of this. She's a witch." Um, <laughs> there, there, there isn't really like any uh, notable cast members as far as like American film or like Game of Thrones film or anything like that. Um, but this is a, a Joss Whedon created uh, world, so I feel like it's going to be like. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen with women with incredible power kind of combination, if that makes sense. And the trailer was I know, cool. it looked really cool. Yeah, the it's coming out of HBO awesome. Max, I think, right? HBO Max? Yes. Yes. I'm sure this is something that we're all going to watch. Um, at least we'll give it the, the you know, JC3. Make, check it out. It's going to be big budget. Um it's definitely something we'll try. I hope it's good. We always are looking for the next thing, man. I think it's one of those. It's one of those things that um, HBO wouldn't sink their money into it if they didn't think it was going to be pretty solid. And I feel like this might be one of those like sleeper, uh, dark horse sort of show of the year kind of things that that Ooh, just sort so. of comes out comes out, and we're just like, wow, this is way better than I thought. Why weren't they hyping this more? Kind of scenario. Mm -hmm. I care. It's not HBO. I, I'm a believer. Yeah, I care. Um, all right. We also got a uh, word about um, Tribes of Europa. We got a little trailer for it. It's coming out on Netflix, I believe, right? 
Yeah. Yep. What, Netflix. What so why should people? Yeah. Get- this is this is that like German husband wife production team that did Dark. We all love Dark. Brilliant. Love three Dark. seasons. Only ever going to be three. So they had to move on, and they have a deal with Netflix. So this is the next thing they're doing. I think they're in a little bit more of a pro- producer role here. Um, I don't know that they wrote it or not, but um, it has some some of these like awesome German actors that we thought we'd never see again, and we were like bummed about, like Ulrich Nielsen. Oh, love that guy's great. He's got a cool look. He's got a he's cool as fuck. Great actor. Well, he's coming back. I think he's like one of the male leads of this. I so, want more Ulrich Nielsen in my life. Yeah, yeah, this is good. It's called yeah, Tribes of Europa. I think it. I'm not saying it's going to be good, but it has a lot of potential. Um, it looks weird. It's like a dystopian future thing, but there's definitely like magic in this world. It looks like pretty far out there. So we'll see. I'll bet there's like, um, no movies about the future where it's good. Yeah. Not many. I'm trying to think. Not a lot of movies. Like like, sometimes they start out good and then it goes like to hell real quick. We're in the future. Eric is great. Other yeah. than the last six weeks, uh, what, other than the last six weeks, what about the last four years? Says the future is going to be great. <laughs> Not a lot. Maybe they were just right on. Maybe um, the future of television and the improving Northeast podcast. Yeah, that's about it. But I think Idiocracy was about the best vision of the future we could have imagined, and it's coming true every day. All right, guys. Uh, we also got a trailer for a new M Night Shyamalan movie called Old. 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 Did you guys watch the trailer? No. Because I yeah, have I a rule of M. Night Shyamalan that every M. Night Shyamalan movie gets worse by nine points on Rotten Tomatoes, which means this one's going to be like a negative 36. <laughs> That's the Have you been graphing this? I didn't know that you were into graphing. Well, there was like a long time, though, where like every one of his movies dropped by nine points on Rotten Tomatoes for like yeah. quite a while. And so... Yeah, I'd imagine because Sixth Sense got to be up there. Signs, maybe a little step back. The Village stepping down. Yeah, okay. The uh, happening. The happening. That plummeted. Was that, him? that had to be less than nine. Unbreakable. Was that him? Okay, Unbreakable. That's a good one. Unbreakable. Yep. Sixth Sense were right away. And then Signs, and then The Village, and then Disaster. The Lady in the Water. Lady in the Water. Crash. Ugh. Um,. So the happening, maybe and then, there's no and then, reason hold to be on. excited about but this. But split, split, and then glass, Jimbo. Weren't you kind of excited about both of those? They were okay. I liked both of those. Fine. I'm gonna watch. I've seen every M Night Shyamalan movie. I'm going to watch this at some point. But it's probably gonna be when it's very much free, and my expectations are gonna be bottom of the basement barrel. Um, in this, they go to a beach, and then people start to get old. The kid gets lost for like two hours, and he comes back, and he's like a teenager. And then, like, the daughter who was, like, a little, like, a five-year-old girl is, like, all of a sudden, like, a teenager who's pregnant. And, like, the dad, like, turns and he's, like, an old man. So, watch out. The beach will make you old. Scary. So, it's, so it's, it's WandaVision. Yeah. That sounds so it's bad. Wa- it's WandaVision. <laughs> that sounds really bad. I know. I mean, I, know. I think that, like, we should have a new segment where we have to do instant pitches like instant horror movie pitches. Maybe we'll start okay. next week. See who can yeah. pitch one. But like, I think we could do a better job than that. We could want a hundred percent. I could come up with something right now. That's better than that. But well, river of God, all we'd have to do is turn it into a horror film. Done. Yep. That's right there. That's right in the cusp. 
Yeah. So, so yeah, we shouldn't care about this and neither should you if you're listening right now. All right. So a couple other things coming out. Lil Yachty is making an action heist movie. <laughs> and it's based on? On the card game Uno. <laughs> yeah. And this was like, this is real. This was a story that uh, from Variety, like the big LA magazine. So apparently it's happening. Lil Yachty, the rapper, is adapting the card game Uno, which has no plot, no characters. Oh. It is literally just a numbers game with instructions. And uh, they're going to make a heist movie out of it. So this maybe this is the punchline has already been said. I feel I'm upset with myself because this ruins my plan of making a heist movie based on the game Trouble. You know, you could. Trouble, yes. Got to get all yeah, okay, so around the There's been a whole series of, of board games mm -hmm. and toys turned into shows and movies. It's just... Mm -hmm. Rick and Morty did a really great episode talking about how heist movies are stupid because it's 60% putting a crew together and none of the actual heisting, and that's what this is going to be. And it's just the same as Morty's pitch to the execs at Netflix of like, well, it's a it's a heist movie and there's and then there's like two guys and there's a double cross and uh and then he like eventually is like this is stupid and they're like no 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 dude if you think you're doing bad this is great we love this <laughs> you son like, of a that's bitch where <laughs> that's where little yachty's at right now yeah no we we should move on no one cares all right finally ryan bringing you right back to your uh your, your younger days uh doing your favorite pastime Dungeons and Dragons live action the movie. Oh, they're gonna say the Vietnam War. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Pine, Justice Smith, and Michelle Rodriguez. Is this gonna be worth anyone's time? No. Wow. When I, I when you say those three names and then I look at Chris Pine, I'm like, what are you doing? Well, what are you doing with your career? I feel like I don't know, but I feel like. Um, Dungeons and Dragons is like way more popular than I realize. Am I wrong? Well, I, no. I think the game is the game itself is uh, popular through pop culture lore, but I don't think anyone is saying, you know, what we need a Dungeons and Dragons movie. I don't, I don't think anybody's asking for it. People didn't realize they needed. You know, I think that like I've never played Dungeons and Dragons with a group of people, um, but I understand it's like it's a way to be creative and you're telling your own story. You're making stuff up. Um, and I think that's kind of where the magic lies. I'm not sure sitting back and watching a castle, you know, castle invasion movie with a dragon every once in a while is going to be that captivating. What if, but what if it's like um, Jumanji where they're playing and then it come, becomes real? Yeah, I would. I think that's more likely. Mm -hmm. And that would probably suck just yeah, as bad. Like that, well, that was Jumanji. I feel like The Rock <laughs> has made like four movies where he like was in a video game and then he was like a real character. But I think it oh might yeah, that, well, that was just Jumanji, the new Jumanji. Jumanji. Cool. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's move on to our hot wrecks this week. Some really good stuff, Jim. You started yeah. watching uh, something called Possessor. What is this? Yeah, this is a this is a pretty dang hardcore sci-fi horror movie it's on hulu um it's only about two hours it's not bad 
and it's I, I really really liked it. Um, it's kind of moody and weird with weird imagery, but the plot actually makes sense front to back, which I appreciated. Because like when the movie was getting weird visually, I'm like, oh god, is this gonna be one of those movies that just ends all of a sudden in a random scene? And it's like, no, it's a thinker. You need to imagine. I hate fucking hate that. Okay, give me a story. So this had a story. Um, incredibly violent, Eric. This is like an anti wreck for you. I'm out. It's it's gross, gross. I mean, it's which I appreciate because I just like think, wow, that was really impressive. Like they, that dude's eyeball definitely looked like it popped directly out of his head. That was crazy. Um, it was made by like if you guys have heard of like I think his name is David Cronenberg. He did movies oh, yeah. like horror movies, yeah, like in the seventies, eighties, and he was known for like this amazing practical effects, body horror, gross out stuff. Well, this is his son. I think his name is Jacob or something. This is his first movie. And the apple did not fall far from the tree. It's a gross-ass movie, but in a cool way. It gets about as hardcore as you could possibly imagine by the end. The end scene is like, geez, like, whoa, I was taken aback. I, it's a wreck, but only if you have a strong stomach and you're into horror and, and you know, gore and that type of stuff. But it's a smart movie. I mean, it's kind of Blade Runner-y with the the kind of mood so it's a wreck it's just not for everybody can we can we make the analogy here between uh gary kubiak's offense and clint kubiak's office to uh cronenberg and cronenberg jr it's i it's, hope it's not so. gonna it's not gonna be for everybody but if you're into a super boring offense this is you'll <laughs> you'll really appreciate this we they just they both drive it right up the middle and Eric is not going to want to watch it. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> All right, Ryan, you watch something called The Head. What is it, and should people be excited? The Head. Okay, so this is HBO Max. This is a weird crossover of demographics between, like, uh, Norwegian, or, or I, I would say, like, Scandinavian actors and actresses, and American and Chinese that are all based in Antarctica on a, you know, whatever uh, snow expedition to, you know, discover whatever, um, how the earth was made and, and all that stuff. All of that's ancillary. So um, it's a really cool, they call it a horror show. I would put it more in the thriller category slash murder mystery than horror. There's not a ton of horror, although there are some moments where you're like, oof, that was probably a little bit brutal. But nothing I don't think that would be like it's nothing that's worse than Game of Thrones. So I think, Eric, you could easily watch this and maybe just kind of glance to the side for a few seconds here and there. Like it's it's not like Jimbo was describing of the, the possessor. Um, but like this is really well acted. It's really well shot. The story is completely mysterious. Um, I'm through four episodes, so I, I'm halfway done. And I can't wait to fire this show up again. And this is not even my genre, but I think it's it's so well done and um, interesting and unique that it's definitely worth the watch for anyone that that is even kind of remotely into this i don't i don't even think you need to be into horror or thrillers like the 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 show is just that that good in my opinion hell yeah it's on hbo max yeah 
Okay. I watched almost the first episode. I see where you're going with this. I am into it. I will continue to watch it and I will follow up with you guys. And it's uh, the, so for, if anyone's going to pick this up, the first episode is by far the weakest of the first four. So we're, we'll, I'll, I'll circle back with everyone next week and let them know where, you know, the, the, the last four end up. But I mean, like with all good thrillers or, or, or things where you don't know who is who or what's going on. The first episode just sort of like kind of introduces you to everything. And then episodes two, three, and four, like really pick up from there. So it's a, mm-hmm. uh, it's a really well done tale, if you will. All right. Uh, Jim, you watched pen 15, at least more of it. Uh, what do you think mm-hmm. of the show at this point? It's so brilliant. It's so funny. You know, the, the, it's actually made for like women my age, you know, 30 to 35 to 37 to 30, whatever it is, because it's like it's these two actresses about my age that grew up, you know, they were in like in seventh grade. It was like 90, whatever. And they are so funny. It's these two women and they're playing their eighth grade selves amongst child actors who are hilarious. And they are so funny. The writing is so brilliant. It's only been two seasons and I knocked out the second season and I want more badly. Um, I just love it. It's so cringy. Sometimes it's kind of like big mouth. Like Eric, you would like it for those connections. Um, You know, they're just going through it. These, these kids, but it has like heartwarming moments, hilarious moments, cringy as fuck moments. Um, It's really, really good. These actresses are hilarious. So Pen15 is a definitely a wreck for me. All right. And then uh, one of your big wrecks, I started watching it this week, and it is an absolute wreck. This is a show everyone should be watching. That is HBO Max's Search Party. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Search so Party happy about this. Is, I think, a must-watch show. Yeah. Isn't it brilliant? It's um, so fucking funny. I think that it is really funny, but it's also like creepy and a cool mystery. And like, it's not anything. I I would say if anything, your taste was right on the money and your description of it was poor. Okay. I had no idea what the show was based on your description of it. (laughs) Not the same show that I was picturing, but it's really good. Uh, And it's, it seems important, but the scale of the show is also so small that like all of the interactions are with just a couple people. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's so well done. Every character is perfect. It's really funny. And I can't wait to watch more of it. I'm almost through season one. Okay. I love season one. Season two, just beware is like a little bit darker and a little slower. And then season three is back full steam ahead, like a little bit bubblier and funnier. And I am now on episode one of season four, which I think is the last season. So um, it's, a, I mean, what is the, the episode's half hour? Half hour. 35 minutes? Yeah. It's a great, it's a really. You can knock it out quick, right? It's a great series. Good. I'm so happy to hear that. Everybody go watch it and let me know what you think. Search Party, HBO Max. Um, don't be like, it's an easy watch and it's, it's really fun. Yeah. It's, um, it's dark, but it's like kind of like cute and surreal and almost silly sometimes too. The one uh, gay guy is just so funny to me. He's so, I love how they just make him like a despicable person. You know I mean? Everything he does is so funny to me. 
so yeah, I think they <laughs> knocked the show out of the park. I really think people should watch it. But the show everyone should be watching is the current title holder, the the, the show that's carrying the belt around uh, in the most cocky of ways because it is doing anything it wants, and that is Disney Plus's WandaVision, which mm-hmm. is such a breath of fresh air. It is so different and so creative. I've never seen anything like this show in my life. They are not afraid to try anything, and I think that's what makes this show so good. Also, I have fallen in love with Elizabeth Olsen, who is so deserving of all of the awards on television this year. Her performance is brilliant. The show is so cool. And I can't wait to see the next twists and turns. It's a nine episode uh, show. And I believe that will be all that we'll get ever is nine episodes. And Mm -hmm. I can't wait. Later in this episode, we're going to dive deep into WandaVision. So if if you're caught up to episode five, then stick around at the end. And we're just going to say all the theories and all the Easter eggs and all the fun and our favorite parts and everything. We'll spend 10 minutes on it or something. It should be great. Can't wait. So here we go, guys. Your new favorite game, Castaway. Hey. We are going to do a brand new Indiana Jones movie, okay? So a modern remake of Indiana Jones. Who should play everybody in this series? The only place for us to start is with Indiana himself. Who do you guys have as your Indy? Well, there's only one answer here. Okay. And it's Chris Pratt. I feel like he is he has the charisma. He's believable in an action scene. He can he's charming as can be. Um Ryan, you are distracting me with your pick, which I think it might be good as well. And it might be more of, of a debate than I thought. But you know, the guy already rocks leather. He rocks a tiny leather vest in Jurassic World, and he rocks a red leather vest or jacket in Guardians. And I could probably come up with other times he's worn leather. I think he's our guy. Uh, I think he'd be it'd be hard pressed to find somebody. He's a perfect age. Um, I don't think you're going to get better than him, but I'm curious on what you guys think. So for me, it's Chris Pratt. So th- what I was trying to show you was that I wrote Chris Pratt question mark for my indie pick because okay. I was thinking along. I was thinking literally along the same lines. Like he has to play a slightly more studious version of who he played in Jurassic Jurassic World. Mm-hmm. Right? It's it, He's got to be slightly more astute, slightly more knowledgeable. But if Nick Cage can know everything about the Declaration of Independence, then we could teach Chris Pratt to talk about artifacts in the Indiana Jones world. Um, the only other person that I, that I wrote down, just for the look alone like maybe going for a little bit older, a little more grizzled look because Chris Pratt does have a bit of a baby face. Mm-hmm. Um, he'd be playing a combination of Jurassic World and Star-Lord, you know, in some capacity, was Oscar Isaac. And I know we, we kind of go to the well on him a little bit, but I was just thinking from like the uh, the stubble look with like some glasses and a hat, you know, like the, the indie hat. I think Oscar Isaac could pull off the look a little bit better than Chris Pratt, but I feel like Chris Pratt could play the character better. Who? How old do you think? How old do you think uh, Chris Pratt is? Thirty-seven. And how old do you think Oscar Isaac is? Forty-one. Well, 
based, based on what you're doing with the uh, uh, Travis Kelsey, yeah. uh, I'm going to guess they're the same age of like 39. They are both 41. <laughs> what? Okay. Chris yeah. Pratt, you old son of a bitch. Okay. I'm going a little younger on my indie because I want to make this a universe, not just a oh, franchise. Boy. I want a universe. I want a theme park. And that is why I'm going with 36-year-old flavor of the month, John David Washington. <laughs> oh, my God. You'll pick him for everything. <laughs> well, well, before we make our pick, I just want you guys to know who I have playing Indy's dad in my movie. That's Denzel Washington. Denzel! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Denzel, oh my God! Father and son, first time ever on the screen together. They're in bickering fights. Why did Denzel walk out on him? Who knows? He was busy doing women and things all over the world, and they're tied up to a chair. And it's comedy ensues. Are they either of them funny? Have you seen either of them tell a joke or be, be funny in any way? All right. Just you think on that. Maybe and you not. won't come up with anything. Let me go ahead and tell you who my indie's dad is, okay? Okay. George Clooney. Oh, I like that. It's time for George Clooney to take on some fatherly roles. I like that. The motherfucker's 60-something. He's old or whatever he is. Mm -hmm. he, he can rock a gray beard. He can oh. be kind of goofy and funny when he wants to be. Like, if you've seen him in some some stuff when he's kind of, like, playing a weirdo, Um. I think that that the Chris Pratt George Clooney combo for me is almost as good as Chris Pratt Kurt Russell combo that we got in Guardians Two. Okay, okay, Brian, who do you have? I didn't have anybody for Indy Senior. I, okay. would, I, I could. I I feel confident about one of each of your picks. Oscar Isaac and George Clooney is a perfect pairing. They kind of look alike. I think it's a match made in heaven. Okay, are you okay with it then? You're good to press on. Oscar Isaac. And George Clooney. Oh, Oscar Isaac and George Clooney. Yes. Yeah. No, that's they do look alike. They look like. Uh, I mean, talk about salt and pepper together. Like that was that. <laughs> I mean, that's just. <laughs> it's too much sex. I don't think we can handle it. That's unbelievable. Like right. when there's when there's the scenes where they both bang the same chick, we're gonna be like, oh yeah, I can totally buy that. Same time. <laughs> I love it. I'm totally fine with it. And by the way, Oscar Isaac is a great pick. He does have like a very like flippant fun side to him as well. And I believe him being smart, which I would never believe from Chris Pratt. He's never played a smart right. character. No. I think Oscar and George Clooney is perfect. Okay. What about uh, Marion for love interest? All right. I think I, I, so I got, I think I got this. This is easy. It's J-Law. J-Law needs a career reboot you want to make a universe she's been dying to be a part of a successful universe since hunger games part of a successful movie for about 10 years okay fair enough but i mean yeah so i think j-law is young enough but also old enough to fit the role of like uh i don't want to say middle-aged woman but like Someone who could be into archaeology or artifacts. She's quippy. She is funny. She's she's quick-witted. Uh, her lines are very believable. I think she could fall right into the role. Okay. My pick, I got. Oh, sorry. Go I ahead. got one that I like, and I think it should be Zoe Kravitz. 
I think we've maybe brought her up before, but she's beautiful. I believe her when she's like a smart character. Although I'm not sure Marion was really like supposed to be an educated character necessarily. She was like a, she was like a like, who would like punch a guy in the face. That was like her. Character. Yeah. Well, I don't know, Eric. Who do you got? I have Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Okay. <laughs> you guys think that's a terrible pick? If I had to pick between the other ones, I'd pick J Law. She needs. I to- think. Well, so I think it, it's not about the win for J Law. I think if you're looking for someone that's got personality. Um, who could play the bartender that punches people in the face Gal Gadot. or, or, well, but that's Wonder Woman. That's not Gal Gadot. I think, I think you're conflating the two. Um, oh, I think it's Zoe then. But have you ever seen Zoe be funny? Uh, have you ever seen Jennifer Lawrence try to be funny? Yeah, Doesn't... she's hilarious. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. All right, I'm I'm good with J Law on this. Like, she needs a role, and this is absolutely perfect for her. So she needs to get into non lead roles. I'm sorry, you just got to get into some movies I that agree. work. I agree, and she could play off. She needs an she could play off. She could play off George Clooney and Oscar Isaac, and be third banana, and be just fine in this movie. Be perfect. All right, who do you gonna- guys want to cast the sidekick next? Or do you want to cast the villain? Let's do the sidekick, Marcus. Marcus. I'm going with Paul Rudd. Okay. I wanted somebody fatter. <laughs> Why fatter? I wanted somebody, somebody fat. I wanted somebody way older. Yeah, exactly. You want somebody old and fat? It's the Jack friend. Black. Isn't it supposed to be the friend of Indy? Yeah. Oh, he's the owner of the museum. Oh, no, I was Marcus. going more like the Egyptian guy that's, like, going to be on the adventures a little bit. So, Sala, that's completely different than Marcus. Marcus is the museum owner who yeah, funds Indy's I, I, expedition. I mean, you can make a case for either one, you know. I'm going Jack Black. He needs to be in more stuff. He's absolutely hilarious. Well, why don't we just cast The Rock, and then we'll just make this Jumanji 3? Well, I wouldn't want that either. That's I think Paul he's 51. He's in between the ages of George Clooney and Oscar Isaac. He is super funny. I'm sorry that he's not fat, but he'd be a way better sidekick. Uh, he's he's is jacked enough to be an action star, but he's could play a wimp enough that it would be believable if he was a coward. Okay, so are we we're redoing then all of Marcus's characteristics filling on this movie? Like Paul Rudd's gonna be like, why the hell aren't I indie? Like, what the hell's going on? I say, Paul, you're 50 years old. By the time this is done, you're gonna be in your 60s. That's a little too old for us. That's true. And then, like, are we okay? So, not to nitpick here, but we're gonna redo all of Marcus's uh, like backstory, which is that he's kind of an idiot, he's just kind of the money. Like he got lost in his own museum. Like I was picturing like Stellan Skarsgård. Like that's who I was picturing for Marcus, not like the sidekick, like short round in Temple of Doom, who like is a part of the adventure in totality. I was picturing like when we said Marcus, the the dumb museum owner that tied his shoelaces together and tripped over them, like kind of guy. So yeah, but it, it, that's that's fine. I'm I'm cool with uh with Paul Rudd, and we're. Uh, under the assumption that we're recasting um, Marcus's kind of backstory, or maybe this is Marcus Brody the third, right? This is uh this is his son. Since we're we're going, 
you know, completely different on this. All right. Yeah, maybe his dick is that he's like still really dumb, but he's like really into fitness. And he's like, but he's not in like great shape. Like he gets tired really easy, but he's like always talking about his diets and stuff. What about uh, so, he's play- so? Hold on, hold on. He's playing Bobby. Uh, what's his name from Parks and Rec? Basically, like yeah. a super rich kid that's clueless. Yes, has yeah. no clue what's going on. I, that could work. I got the best villain, so we'll see what you guys say, but. Just no mine's gonna win. I said Christoph Waltz. Yeah, I get why. Because he looks like the villain who's already in it. Right. <laughs> and because you think a villain, like, let's grab Christoph Waltz. Is he available? Is Mark Strong available? Is Christoph Waltz available? Who's Mark Strong? Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Since we're since we're picking Bond villains, I went with Javier Bardem. Oh, great. All timer villain. Um, I went with something a little bit more fun. And that's Leo DiCaprio as the villain who can bring a little spice to it. Somebody that you can kind of laugh at and be afraid of, like, uh, you know, Candy from Django. Like someone inherently very evil, like he's probably going to be a Nazi because it's a fucking indie movie and they're always Nazis. And Leo looks like a Nazi already. And you have him kind of be like super scary, but like kind of silly too. And like having way too much fun with all the evil stuff he's doing. Okay, I'm into this if Tarantino's writing it. I'm in. That sounds like fun. Yeah, I think that would be fun. Leo, if we can get him, it's tough. I mean, we're only a podcast, so. We're only a podcast. It'd be hard for us to pull this up. Well, hey, listen, once we cast, once we get J-Law and River of God, we'll get her for, we'll get her for the indie reboot. I just, guys, I just, easy. just texted J-Law. She's not doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> She's got nothing going on. Schedule's open. Her password on her phone a lot these days. Just they making sure. Really needs an HBO show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, it's time to move on. We watched the movie Aliens in our latest rewatch. Alien versus rewatch. Or Alien versus rewatch. Which is a pretty weird. Alien versus rewatch. There you go. Uh, so, Aliens has an incredible rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It's a 97 on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes, it does. Yeah, I that's a little high, but... That, that rating is absurdly high for this movie, but that doesn't mean that I didn't like this movie. Right. I think that this movie was a 10 out of 10 on the fun meter and like a 7.5 out of 10 on the good meter. Okay, yeah. The, the dialogue with the soldiers... <laughs> is painful to watch <laughs> painful like they the, didn't see a legal alien vesquez <laughs> these like, guys oh these these like they're supposed to be like marines and they're supposed to be the best of the best in the world and they were like the least professional soldiers <laughs> of all time i mean they <laughs> were taking nothing seriously on something that was a quite serious mission it took me out of the movie um so the whole thing is, is that Ripley's woken up, which I thought was really cool. She's found frozen, floating through space with a cat after the long period of time, after like 50 some years. That whole thing was cool. She, they should have given us an Austin Powers pee scene with her, but still <laughs> really cool. Uh, she gets woken up. The, of course, the, the evil company that sends them out there thinks that she shouldn't have blown up the ship like she did. And then instantly they're like, you're not fit for anything, but we are going to send you back out there. Yeah. 
that was a bit of a stretch. Some of that stuff. I, I think I, I love that it picked up like all our best rewatches that we've done so far are really picking up almost right where the last one left off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Indi- like Indiana Jones. Let's talk about for that one. You could they could they could presented those movies in any order. You'd have no idea what started and when when was which. This was like it picked right up, but it was fifty seven years later. Like she had been in a cryo tube for fifty seven. So already a character who's lonely and isolated is now doesn't know a single person. So it's a perfect setup for this movie. So uh, do you want to go through the movie or should I give my take? Well, let's go through some of it. So they, okay. yeah, go ahead. So anyways, they find out that there is a, um, a planet, like a farming planet where they're building atmospheres in, on the planets to make them livable. They go to the planet that she had previously been on that she ran into the xenomorph and she's like, that's a bad idea. And then like, after they shame her and yell at her for a while, um, like it seems uh, to be three hours later, they're like, actually all the farmers on that planet, you just told us was really bad. They're not responding. We need to send people there now. And I was like, okay, you need to go. Yeah, yeah. 58 years. And then like within two hours of her telling what happened, they were like, oh, actually this is bad. They send her. Yeah. Who was that guy? What was he in? The guy who was like the sleazy businessman. Paul Reiser was incredible. Paul Reiser, yeah. Yeah, big 80 star. He had a big, he was in Helen, like that show with Helen, not Helen. Mad About You. Yeah, Mad About You. Um, Was he not perfect as like, he was great. Yeah. So, he was so good. Getting on a a ship with just the worst acting (laughs) Marines ever. I mean, just every bit of dialogue between them was so unbearable that it took me out of the movie. Yeah. It was just I like, that, that's the kind of stuff that people thought was like cool and good writing in like 80s movies that now would never happen. Can right. I can I jump in here for a second? With just a small part of my take, which is as much as I loved Alien, this at a good chunk of the time felt like Die Hard 2. Where, where I'm like, the the decisions and the explosions and the things that they're doing don't make any fucking sense at all. And like Eric said, like the dialogue is so bad. It was like the bad guys in Die Hard 2 and it just felt rushed. I know James Cameron is a well-respected writer, director... But man alive, some of this stuff was like I like I couldn't roll my eyes back far enough to convey how I felt about some of the things that were happening on screen. I agree with that. Um, to both your points, I thought it was so interesting. So it's James Cameron who did Avatar, Space Soldiers, and did same he thing. even try to same, rewrite it at all? No, same story. <laughs> he literally like he could he would have cast the same people if they were available. He learned nothing. I, I, he literally I was brought it back. Like, I felt like I was watching Avatar in the 80s, like just because of the way he portrayed the military mm-hmm. as like these despicable, like gung-ho, we don't care about anything, we'll kill anything that moves and fuck them, they're the aliens, they're just a bunch of, like, they even mm-hmm. made that crass joke about, uh, you know, to M- Mendez or whatever, like, 
that wasn't yeah. an illegal alien. Just, just, just bad. Terrible. How about how about this was my favorite line of the movie, Private Frost. Hey, I sure wouldn't mind getting some more of that Arc Arcturian poontang. Remember that time, Private Spunkmeyer? Yeah, Frost. But the one that you had was a male, Private Frost. It doesn't matter when they're Arcturian, baby. <laughs> <laughs> What? That's so bad. Whoever wrote that line should be fired from the movie. They should have yeah. brought it in and been like, "You're going to be arrested." <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, but this was in the this was like the early '80s. Like nobody cared. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this was so. This was '86, a full like seven years after the first one came out. Like they clearly weren't planning to do another one. There wasn't like, oh, this was a successful movie. Automatically greenlit a sequel right away. Like this, this is a different era. Um, and so James Cameron came in and turned it into an action movie. He did whatever the fuck he wanted. And it was very different. You know what I thought was really interesting? Like how much, did you guys ever play the Halo games? Yes. Like Halo one, Halo two, early stuff. Yes. Was was Halo just totally ripped, ripping this off? Uh, yeah, I felt that way. Like the The gun, the guns are exactly the same down to like the little digital, like bullet readout. And the colors and then even like the tanks and shit all looked exactly like Halo. I was like, holy crap. Yeah, but the Needler kind of thumped. Yeah, <laughs> the Needler is the worst gun ever. Also, uh, what about um, the Flood in Halo? Right. Remember that? They were like, it would like grow on things. Yeah. And they would like. So kind of like, yeah. The wow, there you go. And then these things would come out of it. Like it was a, it was kind of a rip off of Alien. Yeah. All right, so that's our uh, that's our rewatch. Well, um, they find this little girl, which kind of ruined the movie for me a little bit as well. Um, any, I like new. Anytime they bring in little kids, I'm always like, ah, kind of ruins it. I mean, in reality, that crew would have been like, dude, we're not going back for the kid. Like, mm-hmm. this is dying. if they were the best Marines on Earth, they would have been like, our priority is the ship. And the crew, Our and my crew. and my my soldiers, uh, little girl. Uh, sorry, ship crew, and like this not getting back to Earth. Um, yeah, exactly. So where I'm at right now with this rewatch, I thought one was really good. It was just from 1979, and so it's only the only problem with it is that it's just is old. You know, like mm-hmm. they just weren't capable with their technology and everything, they weren't quite capable of making movies as good as they do now. But for a movie from 1979, it really holds up well. Then um, two, uh, the action in it is really fun. And like when they get to the end and they're just shooting their way out of everything and the xenomorphs are everywhere and they're shooting all the xenomorphs and they're shooting them with flamethrowers. And then they find the the queen, which was, you know, all that stuff was exciting. The, yeah, the last the last 35 minutes were unbelievably kind of like terrifying and intense. Like I really yeah. I did really enjoy the last half hour of the movie. Now, the FedEx employee robot thing did not work for me. Like the first like like three seconds of it where she was just decking it in the face. I was like, OK, cool, cool. And then there's like a three minute period where like she's just pushing buttons and it's just like and like nothing is happening when she was fighting in the big mac yes yeah just nothing is I, I was like why didn't they cut this like 45 seconds out with her just moving the arms up and down the arms are just moving up and down and like the thing's mouth is like 
almost getting her in the face, but there is nothing happening. They're not. That was the weirdest thing too. That needs to be edited. That was right. But but I I did think like, how cool were the mechs that they, you know, James Cameron, once again, created stuff for his movies. He created these robots. They were fucking awesome. They, I think they actually worked. I thought they were, I mean, they worked, they were real. Yeah, no, they nailed all that. Um, I mean, overall, I I liked the movie. I, I know it sounds like we're ripping it. I actually liked it. I had a good time watching it. It just, it was a 97 is an absurd score. Well, we got to take that with a grain of salt because that was not a true audience score. That is a score where people that love Alien may go back and rate it now. So the, you have to look at when, score. when Rotten Tomatoes is, is existed when the movie came out. That's Those are true scores. Yeah, I, I thought I just thought it was a little absurd um, how highly rated it was, but it was for sure fresh to me. Um, I did like a couple things in it that flipped stuff on its head. Um, I liked that the synthetic was a hero in this one. Yeah, that was kind cool. of a surprise. So you know they they kind of ran it back, but it was different. Um, that alien when the alien rises up out of the water behind the kid, what an iconic scary shot. Unbelievable. Worth the price of admission right there. Um, I think that they would have just flown away with, even though it was just a robot, I think he would have flown away without her when she was like, you come back in a few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, we don't have time for that. Um, yeah. Um, but I, you know, I really, I really liked it. One thing that I thought was so funny is that when they're writing this movie, how did they not imagine that like in the future, the, the value of the dollar is going to go down because when he's talking about the entire terraforming technology, the entire colony on this distant planet, all the buildings and everything infrastructural, he goes, this is a multi-million dollar infrastructure here. Multi-million? <laughs> How did they think it was going to still cost millions? Like, no, that is like $4 trillion. Yeah, that's like um, Amazon could just trade their company to do that. Yeah, I, I don't know. So, but I loved it. I mean, I know that there's some nostalgia going on here, but I, I love it. You know, the crazy thing is we get Ridley Scott in the, directing the first one, James Cameron directing this one, David Fincher directing the next one. And then the fourth one's directed by somebody random, but it's written by Joss Whedon. And then we get back into, into uh Ridley Scott one. So we got some cool stuff coming up. I'm really excited for the two most recent ones. Not because I think they're amazing, but because I think that, they are going to feel good after watching some of these old ones. Mm -hmm. They look amazing. We know they look great. They look really cool. The stories are just a little, little too complicated. So they're very complicated. And it's funny because in this one, I noted in my, I was watching and I'm like, dude, they didn't get into where the ship came from, who the engineer thing was. They didn't get into damn near anything. The only thing they explained was where the eggs came from and that there's like a mother. Um, otherwise that's the only thing we learned new about these creatures the whole time. No, they literally were just pretty much like, you know, that scary creature from the first one. There's a lot of them. The, the, we added an S and we have flamethrowers <laughs> and it's going to get rowdy. And so I <laughs> appreciate that. I just want you guys to know that, um, if you guys were grabbed by a xenomorph and then you were like thrown up into that gooey sidewall so that you could birth a, a future xenomorph. The chance I'm pulling you out of there is in zero. Right. I'm I'm right. trying to shoot you in the face and while I'm running, and if I miss, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's gonna burst <laughs> out and you're gonna die. 
I'm gone. I'm not. I'm not helping you. Out. He's ripping the kid out of there. If I saw the kid, I would have been like, "It's over. It's you're lost. Bye." Yeah, you're toast. I got here too late. <laughs> uh, and then, like, why did she just trust that there had been no, nothing in her stomach? Yeah, they just took her on. I would have been like, nah, nope. I'm a synth bot here. You're not getting on this ship. We're going back to Earth, and there's a chance that this thing's going to pop out of your stomach. You are compromised. You are out of here, kid. Throwing you off. Yeah, and meanwhile, they had like a 25-foot alien attached to the ship and didn't know it. So, I mean, you know, clearly they weren't that careful. All right, guys. That's it for that. We'll watch Alien 3 uh, next week. And then uh, before we get out of here, let's just talk a little WandaVision, okay? Also, Eric... I'd never want to go on an adventure with you, ever. Because you know I'd leave you behind if an alien... You'd leave everybody behind the minute shit goes tits up. <laughs> yep. if, if I'm just saying, if you were stuck to a goo wall, I'm out. You'd be like, Barter, I saw a centipede, I'm out of here. Sorry. <laughs> You're on your own. That shit was too scary for me. I woke up in the middle of the night, took all our supplies, we're stranded in the jungle by ourselves with nothing. He took everything because he got scared. <laughs> All right, guys, um, let's quickly talk about uh, WandaVision, okay? Yeah. If you haven't watched WandaVision, just end the episode here. Thanks for listening to Nordy's podcast. We love you. If you yeah. have WandaVision, well, let's talk WandaVision for a couple minutes before we get out of here. I am loving it. I was bored in the first three episodes, though. And some Same. people have said, those are my favorite episodes. And I'm like, really? When they really stuck to that shtick of like, this is the Dick Van Dyke show. This is the Brady Bunch, whatever. Um, I'm so glad when the fourth episode dropped and they blew the whole thing wide open. The first, the first two episodes, there's a reason they let the first two episodes drop on the same day Mm -hmm. because they knew if they did that in consecutive weeks that people would be like, what the fuck am I watching? You're just like, Drop that, let it marinate, and then we'll give them a little bit of a taste in episode three, and then we'll really open it up from episode four and on to five. I think that you're going to go back and think one and two were a lot better, knowing what you know. Because I think they, like I said before, I think they could have cut those up and combined them into one episode. I, d- I don't think it was necessary for us to watch the entire Vision Magic show where he's like drunk because he's got gum stuck in his gears. Like I, I, I don't, maybe there's some, <clears throat> excuse me, additional value that could be gleaned from that. But I, I just don't see how that's going to like, Oh, remember when vision got the gum stuck in there? That was a big moment. I, I don't yeah. see that happening. I just yeah. think that like they were, they spent the first two episodes just giving you clues and tying things together. And then, she, as she's losing control of this area, you're getting the, the gaps and the holes and the, the mistakes are happening. Mm-hmm. And sure. as that started to happen, at first those mistakes and those little things were few and far between. And then they just, she was losing control faster and faster. Um, I thought that this last episode, episode five was so good and so fun. Um, I love the 80s stuff, all the Full House stuff, especially since it's uh, Elizabeth Olsen, younger sister of Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. True. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. No kidding. And you had uh, their kids growing up super fast. Um, You had the dog. You have all this stuff with the neighbor. um, What's her name? Uh, Catherine Hahn. Can't think of her. The actress, yeah. She's like uh, modern. Agnes. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so I, I've really enjoyed everything with her. She obviously is in on everything that's going on. So mm-hmm. a couple of the big things that people think that she is this witch that was a uh, confidant of Scarlet Witch. And she is also a close ally of Mephisto, who is the devil in the MCU. And so mm-hmm. a lot of people think that Frank- well, her name on the show is Agnes and, and the character is Agatha Harkness. And yeah. so they're like, okay, that's a clue. She's probably this like mentor, witch who is actually a witch, you know, like in the, in the MCU, um, she is, she got her powers from the mind stone, but she's like a, she uses like witchy powers, right? It's not like she's a mutant. So that's why I was a little confused with, with the ending of it. And I'm curious on you guys' thoughts. Maybe we're jumping ahead, but for Evan Peters, the actor that was in the the um, you know first class, the X Men movies, to show up instead of Aaron Johnson, who was the the character that did Quicksilver, what did what did you make Crazy. of that? And then, yeah, and then I, they called out like they recast her brother Pietro. What? Well, like, I think that one Disney Plus is trying to make these shows accessible for people who haven't watched all of the movies. And so mm-hmm. when you're watching Mandalorian and when you're watching um, WandaVision, they're trying to make a show that first-time watchers who have no idea about the MCU or about Star Wars could watch and enjoy. So I think that that call-out was for those people to realize, like, this person is out of place. The okay. reasons that they did that were, one, because this whole show is based on The House of M, which is a graphic novel that is where Wanda suspends reality and creates or makes all these mutants in the X-Men mostly, mostly – think that they're dead. And mm-hmm. so I think it's a lot of it is based on that. Um, it's obviously a way for them to introduce their recently purchased X-Men universe, right? From mm-hmm. Sony. And I think it also is trying to show that this is something she has controlled everything, but she didn't have enough control to even bring back her normal brother. And so it was tying universes, but it was also trying to show you that this is something that was beyond her reach and her control. And so I thought that 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 she did not do. She well, did not. it was crazy because when when that happened, I immediately I was like doing the thing where like I'm like grabbing my phone, like I know that's the guy from X Men, and like I wanted to confirm it as fast as I could. And so like the the tinfoil hat was like immediately on my head, wondering what they're going to do with this moving forward. And I think that's the mark of how well the show, like it's not an accident that they picked him, right? Like you can't possibly look at that and be like, well, he was just the only guy available and he kind of looks like him. No, that shit was done on purpose. The same reason that they brought Kat Dennings back, like all of this stuff is coming into like the larger picture. And so there's no way that they they were just like, yeah, we know we're going to have to explain it away. It was the guy from the X-Men, but he's now Pietro and, and you'll just have to accept that. I don't think that's what they're doing. I mean, it's interesting though. And it's definitely intentional. I mean, you look at like, okay, Aaron Johnson's Pietro Maximov from age of Ultron Avengers Mm -hmm. two, pretty boring, whatever, but we know how he got his powers. He's not a mutant. He was a, like a, you know, a kid fighting a war in a shitty city. And they like did experiments on him and gave him power. Experiments gone wrong. Yeah. Not a mutant, but the guy that showed up at the door was a mutant that was living in his mom's house. He was Magneto's illegitimate child. He there he has an entirely different backstory. 
So for him to show up, I think he's carrying that backstory with him. Like, I, I think that's going to be part of it. Carrying it with him. I actually think that there's a good chance that he's not even really that character, that he is just Mephisto. Yeah, I think he, right. I think so too. I um, think so too. So I don't think he's ever going to be part of this, but do you guys want to know? I was so curious about what happened. I broke into, uh, I hacked Disney and I stole mm -hmm. the script. I'm going to tell you guys to finish. If you guys want to know how this series finishes over the final four episodes, stay tuned because I'm going to tell you guys what happens. Okay. Okay. I want to hear. I'm excited. You okay. tell me you read the script. Go ahead. Here's what happens. Okay. So in the next few episodes, Wanda is going to go crazier and crazier, right? She's going to try desperately to control this, but she is being tempted by some force that she doesn't understand, which is Mephisto. The devil is actually tempting her and control, or, you know, warping her mind in a way that's beyond her control using her um, chaos magic and, you know, making her spiral further and further out of control. She's insanely powerful, more powerful than we've ever seen. Even when we saw her stand up to, to Thanos better than any other character in the movies. And so she's going to desperately try to cling to this false reality that she's in. In the process, her ability, we already know that she can change uh, reality, right? She could take something in reality and then mold it into something else. She, mm -hmm is going to, uh, through her pregnancy and her magic, is going to turn her children into the original mutants in this universe, okay? Because her children in the comics are actually mutants that get taken. Yeah, they, um, Wiccan and Speed, they apparently. Prima Fist. And then eventually go and are part of like a junior X-Men, right? Yeah. That's all going to happen. Then you're going to have, uh, we've heard of this tease where uh, a Luke Skywalker like moment is going to happen. Right. And so as vision has to start waking everyone and trying to figure out what's happening and starts realizing that he himself isn't even alive and that he is part of something terrible and tragic. And he tries to bring Wanda back to reality. Um, we're going to get Wanda um, doing something that's going to help open the multiverse right? Which is going to be the story we know is going to be told over the next few years in the MCU with Spider-Man um, Home Invasion, which is going to be a multiverse themed movie featuring Doctor Strange and now I'd guess Wanda. And mm -hmm. then Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness is going to deal with this as well. The multiverse will be open. And at the end of this series, we are going to get a character coming into the series uh, which is going to be a huge moment. And Wanda is going to leave with this character. And that person is going to be no other than Sir Ian McKellen. Magneto is going to take his daughter, Wanda, away with him. They are going to go off to end the series, ending this Westwardville or whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. And that whole thing is going to disappear. A lot of these people are going to get their minds back. Vision is going to be gone forever. Wanda's going to leave with old Magneto. Okay. Old Magneto though. Why do you think it would be him and not from the first class, which Evan Peters was a part of? Cause who was you? That was your guy. Ian McKellen is too big of an actor to not have part of this really tying the worlds together. If you think of Spider-Man home invasion, what are they doing? They're going back to the nineties and they're bringing in, what's his name? Uh, gosh, what's the Toby Maguire. 
They're bringing yeah. in Andrew Garfield. They're bringing in Emma Stone. They're bringing in all these old characters, right? They're going to mm-hmm. go back to the 90s X-Men. They're going to bring in Sir Ian McKellen. We know that it's a big-time actor and maybe British because Wanda said Luke Skywalker like surprise. And uh, uh, Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Let me ask you this. Before I don't you know how keep British doing that. Do you really think that Ian McKellen to X-Men equals Luke Skywalker to Star Wars? No, Magneto, Magneto to... Okay, sorry. The Magneto to the, X, to the X-Men world is the same level as Luke Skywalker is to Star Wars? I think, I think that Magneto into the MCU is huge. Because that's X Men. Okay, so so it's it's not it's not the Magneto character itself. It's just the X Men as a whole being brought in. Jumping into the MCU and boom, it's we're off to the races. Okay, so hear me out though. What's Paul Bettany is British, right? Sure. Paul Bettany said that the best part of this series was that he got to work work with one of the greats of all all time greats of acting. Right? He's British. Sir Ian Mm. McKellen is freaking knighted actor from britain okay so i think ian mckellen takes him away or takes her away he's part of it but kind of a fringe part of the movies through spider-man home invasion through dr strange multiple madness at this point wanda is so insanely powerful and out of control that even the sorcerer supreme dr strange cannot allow her her powers and that's when the only person in the entire universe with a mind powerful enough to stand up to wanda and bring her back to reality sir patrick stewart professor xavier enters at the end of multiverse of madness and you're like why would they bring in sir ian mckellen and sir patrick stewart they're old as shit they're not gonna be part of this well the multiverse is open they're from a different part of the universe or the recast X-Men, which we will get five years down the road, will come in from a different part of the multiverse, a different universe altogether, into the one universe as the multiverse closes, a recast younger X-Men will join forever from five in about five years, and all of the beginning parts of it will be started at the end of WandaVision. You know you love this. I love, I love that. I think it's also going to be like Chris Evans. Like, it's going to be like something super simple. Like I, I appreciate all the thought and effort that you put into it, but I think it's just going to be like a recycled. Uh, I think it's going to be from the MCU. In this last episode, Monica Rambo goes, "Yeah, I have somebody I can call. One of the best astrophysicists in the world. That's going to be um, fantastic, Mister Fucking Fox. What's his name, Mister Fantastic or?" Um, um, I can't think of it. Um, come on, guys. He's from the Fantastic Four. He's a leader or whatever. Um, yeah. And I think that's going to be John Krasinski is going to show up and and help out. And that could that could be the the big cameo we're talking about. I don't think they're going to uh, read Richard. Eric, as, as much as I want it, I don't think they're going to start down the X-Men path like that. Oh, I think they have. I just think they have. I think this is. I think well, this. Yeah, but I, I think to like to pull in Ian McKellen and you know Patrick Stewart and all this stuff. I feel like th- that's not the way Marvel does things. They don't. They don't play all their aces right out of the gate. Like they 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 hold their cards very close to their vest and they slow play everything and they give you they give you breadcrumbs 
And while you think they're dropping you breadcrumbs in the current episodes, I don't think they're just going to automatically be like, yep, Professor X, yep, Magneto, let's go. I don't think that's the way they do things. I Listen, I'm not discounting the fact that I want that to happen, and I was enthused about your theory. I just, like, thinking, like, putting my Kevin Feige hat on, that seems too fast for their first television show. I just think that what they see is Disney Plus 130 million subscribers. <laughs> no, I, I totally I totally get it. I just think they know that their audience yeah, is willing to stick it out for the No, I think they know their audience is willing to stick it out for the long haul and they don't need the X-Men dropped in the first 8 episodes of this TV adventure that they're on. In their first ever show, they dropped Luke Skywalker. All right. <laughs> and and here's my thing they're making it so disney plus seems like you cannot not have it is yep, how it feels. i totally get it and they are telling a loose version of one of the most famous graphic novels in the history of the mcu the house of sure. all about action. i think they they might drop they might do one or the other i don't think they're going to do both no if I don't you're think right i think patrick stewart's like in 2022 like late 20 okay multiverse of madness i just think just serene mckellen's gonna show up he's not gonna show his powers you're just gonna know who he is and that's gonna be the end of the series what you're if it's fast bender what if it's fast bender eric i'd still it be needs to be fast bender i'd still be pumped if it was fast bender. Age up, fast bender just remember the multiverse is gonna be able to go back in time they're gonna be able to tie all these movies into canon and they're just gonna be able to be like yeah that happened in a different universe yeah yeah then, then they're, they're gonna do fast bender then if that's the case. I don't think they're going to do Ian McKellen. Either way, I don't care. And all I know is Paul Bettany was probably fucking with everybody. But he said, I loved working with one of the greats of all time. One of the greats on stage ever was the best part about this series. And that made me think, sir, Ian McKellen. So Anthony, Anthony Hopkins. Okay. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. It's leading to As this. Which is an interesting choice, but. No, it's Thor's dad. Yeah. There you go. Oh, he's already he's already in the everybody's already in the MCU except for Ian McKellen. Except for Ian McKellen. All right, guys, All right. That's it. we went way over on this episode. We had lots of way time. over. Hopefully, you guys had fun hanging out with us tonight. We had a great time. Uh, go back check out our sports cast. We talked Super Bowl. We talked Super Bowl halftime shows. We talked Minnesota sports. They're not in great shape, but go check out that episode. And thank you guys for listening to your favorite podcast with your three best friends in the whole wide world. That is the Nordies podcast. <laughs>